pod, whatever number this pod is. Um, switching it up a little bit today. Today's episode is going to be uh, a little bit different. Um, this is a topic that uh, has been swirling around in my head for probably a year, maybe longer than a year, actually. I've had this discussion with uh, friends in small settings at times. And, uh, yeah, I decided to hop in. Uh, I think this will probably be the most comprehensive uh, way of broaching the subject, uh, which uh, obviously I'm keeping it cryptic. We'll get into it. It's going to be fun. Um, Made some promises about having a good old buddy ran on the on the pod um ran is a is a really good friend very good friend and uh has two grammys nominated for three and i don't know how many dove awards um a bunch written a bunch of tunes um i mean most mostly in the ccm worship space i think but a lot a lot of other songs too devin gofillian and um I mean, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of artists and he's, uh, now kind of crossing over into the EDM dance house space, which is crazy. So he's top lining for, um, some artists in that space, producing a couple records. He's currently mixing a record. Um, but he was in town. <clears throat> um, I knew I was going to see him. He's in town to visit, um, a sick relative and took some time to hang with me. And we talked about maybe getting him on the pod. It was going to be great. Uh, but uh, didn't really quite work out that way. It's kind of the way life goes. Um, yeah, we, we we got together, but we mostly worked, which is kind of how it goes when you have a couple workaholics get together, is you decide to work um, instead of hang out, which is, is hanging out if you're a workaholic. Also, yeah, it was really great. It was fun. Did did quite a bit. Um but no no time to record. So I don't know. If I if I if I see actually I might see him in a few weeks. Uh and I might uh force him to hop on this thing and then we'll have fulfilled the promise of Dr. Ransom Jackson on the podcast. Um okay. Weird weird topic. Not not weird. Actually, not weird at all. This is a good topic. Um, I'm a little excited about this one just to get into it, just to mostly get it out of my head. Now, I've had this conversation uh, with people. also had it over text message with several people. Um, and I, I have to, I have to uh, prem- set the premise a little bit, or at least the pretense, uh, with this... This list, I'm going to be making a list, and it is somewhat, uh, not somewhat, it is absolutely catered to to me and my tastes. However, there is a much longer list. Okay, so here, here's the background. Um, the question is, what the blank happened in 2016 with music? Um... I'm looking at a list right now. I've got a Wikipedia list up, but also my own sort of list. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know what happened in 2016. Um, probably it was 2015 because records don't just 
you don't make an album and release it in the same year. You usually like, especially all these big, big high level label projects um, with multiple artists and features and all that stuff. But I mean, the conversation basically was like, oh man, what, you know, favorite albums or, you know, favorite projects by a band. So if you like a band, what's your favorite project by the band or which, which band or which record do you think had the most hits? Blah, blah, blah. And it kind of keep kept coming around to, okay, I like, I really love that album by that band. What year did they come out? Oh, 2016. What about that album? Oh, 2016. Uh, when was that person's magnum opus record? Oh, 2016. Um, and that kept happening. And I was like, nah, let me, this is kind of crazy. Let me look this up. And then I started going through the list and it's, it's shocking. It is shocking. So what, <laughs> what I'm going to do is this might actually get this whole podcast taken down. So there's a chance you're not even going to hear this because I'm playing stuff and it's going to get picked up in the microphone and uh, maybe I get flagged. I actually don't know how that works, um, but we're going to find out together. Um, so yeah, I'm, instead of sitting on my couch, I am sitting at the desk today and I'm, I'm, I'm in front of the rig and um, yeah, we're doing it. Um, again, okay, so let me, let me just preface this again. The, the ones I've chosen to highlight are, are like, are definitely unique, unique to me to like, oh, these records stood out to me, but I, I might end up kind of just rifling, rifling off the list a little bit. Um, cause there's some art, other artists that you probably like that I, I'm not super hot on that also released a big record. And honestly, even there's a bunch of artists that I didn't list that I are in my periphery, like I'm aware of, but I'm not super into. But I'm like, oh yeah, that's that. I know that was a big record. Um, but also, do this many people release albums every year? Like this list, it's like a, it's a solid, ten page scroll, easy, of albums that were released from January first to december 31st 2016 it's crazy and also why did david david bowie release three albums whatever um let's get into it hey i'm getting my tabs sorted um so yeah it's like not only records that i like but also like big records for that artist either breaking them or just solidifying their place in whatever pop music or music in general. I, I just gotta go through it. I, this is this is gonna. I, this is probably gonna be crazy. This is all from 2016. Yeah. Anderson Pack, Anderson Pack, that record. And obviously, I would say most people, if you're a nerd musician like me, you've seen that Tiny Desk concert of him playing this song. singing while playing it <laughs> are you serious um yeah wow rihanna's anti also 2016 saint lucia matter what a style. 
that's a th- I mean that's kind of the thing. I guess there's a lot of music in general, but um I mean the kind of stuff I'm into, it it's pretty wide. Um but that's that's a st- that's an 80s I feel like we picked up the 80s thing in pop culture again. It was like, oh, synthesizers for real this time. And, um, you know, not just playing weird yeah, African, like, pan flute sounds on a synth like Toto. Like, actually, synths. And we're going to commit to it. And we collectively came back around to that thing 2013 and they've kind of not gone gone away, and I, I I'm kind of going record here. Actually, there's another album coming up that solidifies my theory on this. Um, think the synth thing is here to stay, as noted by the price of synthesizers. By the way, also note for you nerds, um, I found a Juno. I remember I found the photo on my phone. I found a Juno six. This is the one OG 1.0. Uh, Roland made in the 80s. They made the Juno six, the 60, and then the 106. Uh, the six was the first one. Amazing voice chips, crazy sound, rich, lush. It's the, it's the sound. I found one at a Bookman's, which is a used whatever store. It's like books and comic books and CDs and like a, I don't know, secondhand thing uh, for like $400. And I was like, golly, that's kind of a lot for a Juno. And now they're 4000 uh, the Juno, nah, the uh, Juno six is not quite four thousand. Pro- probably twenty five hundred or, th- or three grand. The Juno sixty is definitely four four thousand dollars for a good one. A good one with the case and all that stuff. I mean, you can play it a little less, but irregardless. Uh, yeah, that Saint Lucia thing. I mean, I'm not huge on them. It's a little kind of stale now. I think that level of committing to an '80s thing. Um, but yeah. Wow, that was a big record. Um, I'm gonna skip these next two. I gotta skip these next two because I, I gotta move them down to the bottom. This is this is this is too much to try and. Yeah, yeah, okay. Saint Lucia Matter record came out 2016. Um, I'm moving this. Hold on, my list is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Moonshape Pool, Radiohead. What what a great record. Um what a great record. That those are those that them them's are him. Um Radiohead is it's just uh, yeah. One of the greatest bands of all time. Uh, released a record in 2016, like t- 20 years after they were already famous, and it just a insane groove pool. That album is unbelievable. Sounds? Wow. Uh, all right, here we go. If you don't break your neck to that drop, you're not a human. If your neck does not snap through that turn into that verse. Yeah, coloring book. 
this is when it starts to get real a little bit. Like this is when it starts to get. Oh, those other records are cool. Anderson Pack is cool. I mean, Rihanna Anti. Uh, that's a big record. I mean, she did one of the biggest tours on earth on on that record. Big old album. Um, but we're starting to get us like okay, Chance the Rapper. I mean, this was he he hit he hit his prime, and we're gonna get into some more Chance later. Hint hint. Chance the Rapper coloring book 2016. Art un, unreal. Uh, Dude, the Ariana Grande run started in 2016. Now she's it. Seriously, she hasn't like stopped her run. Like, just that—that that was it. This is when she took that that next hill, and then now she's just whatever, you know, queen of pop, arguably. Are you, are you kidding? And like clockwork on the one minute mark. Hey, goodness gracious. Okay, here we go. Tangent time. Uh, I have to break here slightly to, uh, who, okay. Who produced this record? All right. So on, on that album, that album's dangerous woman. That's like track five or four or something right after that is that's literally the track right after there's that one, which I, I was looking up on, it has, I don't know how many, that's over a billion streams, I think on that tune, both those tunes each. Um, it's hard to get into this list, or at least that run, the Ariana Grande run, without mentioning Max Martin. That name might not mean anything to you. Um, understandable. That's the nature of the thing. The artist gets the credit. But Max Martin is a Swedish pop producer who's not young. He's not old, but he's not he's not new to the game. He's not a kid. He's not a 26-year-old you know, making sounds in Ableton. Uh, this is a certified G, okay? Now, I it's I could do an entire episode probably on Max. Um, I'm not going to because it's absolutely unnecessary. And also, I don't think anybody... There's like five of you who would care about that. Maybe. Max Martin has had hits and has not stopped having hits. And when I say hits, I mean the biggest hits since like 96 uh hit me baby one more time max martin um a good portion of the backstreet boys max martin and sync max martin let me just i just did a quick little search i'm in front of my computer i'm gonna i'm not gonna read this whole list it but just here's the recent max martin hits the weekend blinding lights can't stop the feeling justin timberlake i can't feel my face the weekend uh, Love Me Like You Do, Ellie Golding, the Ariana Grande, that whole Dangerous Woman album, Side to Side, Blank Space, Taylor Swift, Bang Bang, Jesse J, Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, uh, Dark Horse, Katy Perry, Shake It Off, Taylor Swift, um, the whole recent Coldplay album, the whole thing, uh, Roar, Katy Perry, Send My Love, Adele, uh, more Ariana. I mean, there's a bunch of Ariana Grande tunes. How Do You Sleep, Sam Smith, Tyle Cruz, Dynamite, Last Friday, Katy Perry. Uh, yeah, I, 
but basically both of the Taylor Swift runs, the 1989 record being the biggest one, obviously. Cool for the Summer, Demi Lovato. Uh, California Girls, Katy Perry. I mean, these are some that, yeah, Razor Glass, Pink. I'm skipping a lot of uh, other artists that aren't quite as big, but there's like no artists are as big as Taylor Swift. Anyway, this man has co-written and produced every single one of those. And that's not to mention his camp. So he's got a camp too. Like there's a, there's a little, there's a circle of these guys. Um, one of the dude's names is, ah, uh, shoot. I forget his name. He's like a heavy metal guitar player, but he does this pop stuff. He did animals by Maroon 5. Um, and it just like kind of lives in the Max Martin universe. Like he's in a studio down the hall. Um, but everybody sort of is on everything. Uh, what's that guy's name? Shoot. I forget. Irregardless. Yeah. Max Martin, whether or not you like it, you have heard more Max Martin songs than you want to admit. You've actually been influenced by Max Martin in more ways than you even understand because everybody else is trying to make music like him. So all the music you like, those guys, those producers are trying to make music like Max Martin. Get over it. Uh, ooh, deep cut for me. This one's for me. This chorus is crazy. Okay, Magic. This band gets no credit. Uh, and kind of understandably so. Super niche. They had the one, I'm going to, I think I'm going to, or I'm going to marry your daughter or whatever. He's like, that's the tune. That's their biggest song. It's a you know, huge, huge song. This album came out after that one. Um, but this Magic, this is their side hustle. This is their side project. Um, the lead singer, he has written a bunch of Justin Bieber hits and other, like, he's a ghostwriter, L.A., Nightcrawler guy just in studios writing the top lines for other, like, major pop things. Was already a millionaire and decided he liked um, reggae type stuff and so it did a few albums in this in this project they have a song with sean paul on this record too which is awesome but this record is amazing uh young the giant silver tongue well young young the giant the whole home of the strange album dude unreal um travis scott birds in the trap Unreal. Uh, yeah. Also, still 2016. We're in the same year. We're not even halfway through the year. Not even close. Um, that started the Travis Scott run. I and mean, that's kind of the thing. That some of these records were like, Ariana was kind of already famous, and then this was her big record. Um, Rihanna was already famous, and then she dropped Anti. Big, big record. Now, Travis Scott was big, not... This, I think this is one of the records that started to get him on that upswing. He started doing Coachella and all the crazy stuff. Um, same thing, next artist, Sean Mendez. Eh, I don't love these tunes. But you cannot tell me you walked through a grocery store for five seconds and didn't hear them in 2016 and 2017 and 2018. But it was on there. Um, okay, I'm going to skip this other one too for now. Uh, yeah, these other ones are kind of, 
again, just for me, Empire of the Sun. Yeah, Empire of the Sun, really good records. Um, 2016. Childish Gambino, Redbone, that album, Awaken My Love. Again, these aren't these aren't like singles that came. This, they dropped the whole record on each of these. Unreal. Uh, congratulations, Post Malone. Crazy. Big hit. Same thing. Got him started on his big run. Uh, he owns the world now. Okay, switch up. Uh, this is for me. Um, again, for you weird cross-section folks who are into regular music and also probably play on a church stage. Um, the Bethel Have It All record. Came out in 2016. Uh, I mean, big album. Um, the song Have It All is on there. And Pieces is on there. Oof. Big hit. And then, I think a little bit later that year, a couple months later, Hillsong Let There Be Light album. Also 2016. With, what a beautiful name, which got them their first Grammy. 2016. Now, that, that Let There Be Light album was insane um a lot of it yeah killer uh moments i'm looking up this record yeah dude elohim gosh on that album uh, the live version of grace to grace which is a, a redo of a united tune which was a studio version let there be light is a great song crowns look to the sun that was a song one for a lot of churches for many years after that um, but what a beautiful name that, I mean, that's on this record that came out in 2016. I mean, what, what was happening? Okay. We're not done yet. Fun stuff. Hey, uh, this is when it starts to get a little crazy that, that this back half of the list is when it starts to get a little wild. Okay. We're like, okay, seriously, the same year, all of these, the same year. The 1975 album, I would say this is probably probably their best record. This was the last record where they were still concerned if you liked them. Um, the rest of the albums, I think, are it's for me and if meaning for them. And if you can get along with it, great. I mean, it's not a diss because a lot of the rest of the records are unbelievable. And a lot of people, including myself, do love a lot of the songs and the moments on those records. But this was, I feel like the last record they made was like, oh, we're going to make an album. We're going to like dissect the songwriting and take it super serious and spend a lot of money on an album. Um, I think I looked up the stats on it. They was, every song was recorded in like six different studios on different tours and like, those studio fees are whatever thousand bucks an hour, you know. Um, it sounds like a million dollar record, and I think it probably was at least. But really, this album, twenty sixteen, also. I remember where I was when I heard that riff. Like they were already famous. It was coming off the chocolate thing. Great. 
Um, and it was like a, it was like a stream. It was like a YouTube of them premiering this song on BBC radio, just exclusive to BBC radio. And it made it into a bunch of like text message threads. I was in with guys like, yo, this new, and it's like, they committed to their place in pop culture akin to David Bowie. And they had always kind of been doing that thing or Iggy pop or whatever, where it's like, it's fashion, it's, it's political commentary, it's social commentary, but it's also music. They're not, but they're not just musicians. They're in every space. Um, and just the fact that this was essentially the first track, I mean, the first track on all those albums is called the 1975 and it's a different derivative of that, um, for that early run of records. But in, for all intents and purposes, this was the first song on the record and to just do that pan on the guitar. Uh, you know, geez, next up, if you know, you know. The the M eighty three junk record, also same year. Um, top ten albums of the twenty tens era. Don't at me. This is this is in there. Um, collectively, I mentioned earlier maybe pop culture and and or at least pop music's re-emphasis on the synthesizers and and synths and that sound and that palette coming back uh, or at least an infatuation with the 80s you know 80s sounds a little bit of 80s fashion everybody had been kind of kind of flirting with it like oh yeah yeah here's kind of an 80s thing here's a long reverb on a synth or whatever and then um but not really like not really committing to it and m83 said full commit Full send. Command shift D. This email is going. Um, they committed to that aesthetic in a f- uh, absolute, full, unadulterated, unapologetic way. Um, and everybody kind of had to shut up after that. That's basically what happened. Everybody was like, oh, okay, I guess we're not really a synth band. Oh, I guess we're not, we don't really mess with the 80s. It's like, you know, the guy who wants to be a boxer until you fight the guy who really wants to be a boxer. It was kind of like that. Uh they were, they just, I mean, the album cover, you just look it up, M83 Junk. Just look at the album cover. It's like the Hamburglar. I, I remember seeing it being like, no, this is a meme. Like, where's the actual album cover? And then it just kept on showing up everywhere. Like, no, oh, this is the actual album cover. M83 Junk. <laughs> If you don't break your neck on that one either, yeah, you're you're not human. Beyonce's Lemonade, 2016. Um, the amount of 
social commentary packed into a three and a half minute song, I don't think has been done since. Um, it's a Mike Will Made It track, Jason Joshua mixed. But I would say it's a magnum opus of sorts for Beyonce, in my opinion. No. Nah, I gotta go back. The hot sauce in my bag line? Okay, I'm running out of time. This is crazy, actually. Uh, It's the sample at the beginning. The Creole references. I have hot sauce in my bag. The Memphis trap bell sounds. The subtle hint at the HBCU snare marching sound, like the the collegiate marching band thing. Um, they, it is the black experience in America in three and a half minutes is how I read that, that, and that was the thing. And for me as not a black person, I was like, the, I don't really, I don't really understand this. And I've never felt like I couldn't like really dig into a song. And that's what I mean. That's what makes it so amazing is like, there's just so much like uh, the 808s, it's 808 heavy, but the 808s are forward in a way that make it feel like this is a movie. Like they're just pulling all of the black contributions to society and or parts of the black experience and just curating it, all of it together. And it makes a song and it's great, but it's like the bell sound, that out of pitch thing in the chorus is actually not to be a bell sound. It's to, it's just a nod at what those Memphis bedroom producers were doing and the 808, same thing. And that clap sound, same thing. And the hot sauce reference, it was like, goodness gracious. Uh, I need to stop. Drake views. Same 2016. Okay, I seriously, I'm out of time. Um, so far, we've hit all these artists, and we're not done yet. Anderson Pack, Rihanna, Saint Saint Lucia, Radiohead, Chance the Rapper, Ariana Grande, Magic, Young the Giant, Travis Scott, Shawn Mendes, Hillsong, Bethel. Empire of the Sun, Childish Gambino, Post Malone, The 1975, M83, Beyonce, Drake, one of his biggest songs ever. And then... Really? Same year? Hey. Versace on the floor? Dude. Bruno Mars, yeah, what I need to explain it. Okay, we're still going.
Chance the Rappers. It's Kanye West. Arguably one of the greatest rap verses ever. As far as a verse, Chance's verse on Ultralight Beam, the timing of it, song one, song one out of the gate on Kanye's magnum opus, I think, in my opinion, Life of Pablo, in that time, Kanye changing fashion, changing shoe aesthetics for every brand on the world, in the world, on the world. Getting, it's getting, there's a lot of heat around him, and then he drops this album, and the first artist on it is Chance, and Chance does that with a Pangea reference. Famous. I mean, his greatest album. And then, lest we forget... Top ten, top ten album of all time, Frank Ocean's Blonde. I was having a conversation with a friend about this album recently because I mentioned that on a previous episode that this is a top ten album of all time, and I think he nailed it. He said this changed creative expression entirely. No matter what discipline you're in, film, video, whatever, whatever creative discipline, writing, drawing, this, if you really let this, this album sort of fall over you, it does, it changes how creatives express themselves. So, on the back half, the 1975, M83, Beyonce's Formation, Drake's Views, Bruno Mars' 24 Karat Magic, Kanye West, Life of Pablo, and Frank Ocean's Blonde. What happened in 2016? What? How? And this isn't, I mean, there's like other really big records that I, I didn't list. You can just look up the list on Wikipedia if you want. Um, Keith Urban, Wiz Khalifa. I'm just kind of scrolling. It's like a lot of really big artists released really big records. Uh, what's the where's this guy's name? Uh, yeah, Marshmallow, <laughs> Megadeth, Hank Williams Jr., um, Kendrick Lamar dropped a record. It wasn't his big one. Um, a lot. And so the Lumineers. Oh yeah, that record. Wow. Um, I think, I think my theory is it had something to do with the political landscape. I, this is, um, it's the Trump thing starting to just shake, um, shake up whatever it is you're feeling. I'm not going to make a political comment necessarily. I mean, I actually probably on one of these, I'm going to get into politics. Um, but I do think we hadn't had that wild of a shakeup 
that was either so polarizing or so divisive in a very long time. And if there had been polarizing political characters before, they weren't quite that far, as far as I can remember. Um, everybody else, in in hindsight, was were centrists, you know, compared to that political era. Um, and I think it caused artists to sort of like shake some snakes out of their trees. I think it moved everything in ways where artists felt like they just there was something inside that needed to say something. Um, I would say my guess, I don't know, but that's my commentary on Beyonce's Lemonade, probably, probably in the water a little bit with some of that. Um, but I, that's the only thing I can think of is, was what was happening politically, uh, along, you know, there's somebody who's way smarter and more well-read than me who can probably answer exactly why this, this, the cycle of an artist and the cycle of albums and where we landed in that cycle for people it uh, all happened around the same year but um i went longer than i should have and i didn't even really go as deep as i wanted to but this has been on my head for yeah probably two years like wh what happened in that one year uh yeah do some research maybe one of your favorite albums came out then okay bye